Welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast, and speaking of music, that song that played me in is titled, Yes, It's Me, the Goldfish. It is from the album Cyclamen, and it is by Nuria Graham. And Nuria is my guest today. And this is a great episode, and I just really want to express how great the album Cyclamen is, and all of her music. I, uh, Kathleen, former guest, and also on my compilation album that I did for the Climate Emergency Fund with Sub Pop and Adam McKay, hipped me to Nuria's music, and I instantly fell in love with this music. She's incredibly talented. Do yourself a favor, buy the album. You can stream it as well, but I always suggest you buy it. Her website, nuriagram.com, is in the show notes. And I'm sure you can find it wherever you buy music. I know vinyl is coming out shortly. Uh, do yourself a favor. Explore all her music. But I, it's, it's all great. But this album is exceptional. And I think you'll really dig it. So please do. And this conversation is fantastic. I hear something, and you'll hear us talk about it. Uh, but she has a relative. Her, she has descendants in, in her, her relatives in Ireland with my last name. And after the episode, I did some checking, and both of our ancestors, or family, come from Tipperary, Ireland, on her Irish side. She's also half Spanish. I'm a other shit, too. But So maybe, just perhaps, she's also a relative, a cousin. The world is small, and it's strange. I mentioned uh, Kathleen and the album she did, I did an album I produced and curated with Sub Pop and Adam McKay, as I said. It is entitled The Eleventh Hour, Songs for Climate Justice. There's 20 artists on that album. All the proceeds go to the Climate Emergency Fund. Sub Pop released it. Uh, the link to that is in my show notes. 20 artists, as I mentioned, Kathleen, Cloud Nothings, Dead Va- Death Valley Girls, Fake Fruit, Moby, Mud Honey, White Denim, anybody, every, pretty much basically everybody on the album, Sunny in the Sunsets, is has been a guest on my podcast, except for Moby. But maybe we can change that. I don't know. I hope so. I would like to change that. Um, I think that's it. Oh, if you need a website. Oh, yeah. Usually um, my, my episodes tend to go long, and they're usually the part two lives on the Patreon. Lately, not so much. But that doesn't mean there's not a lot of great stuff on my Patreon. There's not a part two of the conversation with Nuria Graham, but there's part twos of all kinds of conversations and complete episodes, some that are like two hours. But uh, part two, I've started breaking down the part twos about a year ago. Um, but also there's blogs, lots of blogs and video or audio blogs, as well as I recently just wrote a blog about Elvis Presley and my journey to understand his music. And, and it's complicated, and um, I don't know. I've, I've gone down an Elvis Presley wormhole lately, and I just want to say that uh, I learned a lot, and I think there's a lot of bias that about Elvis that we don't fully quite get. I think we've taken a lot of blanket judgments about the guy. Anyway, there's a blog about it, if you're interested. You can become a Patreon subscriber at themattdwyer.com. All things Matt Dwyer are on, on themattdwyer.com the Patreon link, merch, if you want to buy some merch. And just as a side note, my website was designed by my partner, Kelly R. Dwyer, who designs websites. You could go to kellyrdwyer.com, and she can make your website. Or if you're local to where we are, she could take pictures of you, because she's also a goddamn really good photographer. I believe that is it. Um, oh, yeah, here's a something crucial. Not crucial, but... I had a lot of technical problems. I couldn't figure out why, but my laptop wouldn't link to my Zoom recorder that I record all the episodes on. So we had to use our laptops. We were just sitting there talking and recording over my laptop through the Zoom app, which is not related to the Zoom recorder. So if it sounds a little different than usual than my other episodes, it's not bad. It's totally fine. But you know why. And it felt weird for me. I was also a little jumbled because 
it was like 10 minutes of tech shit. And God, God bless Nuria. She was very patient about it. But then I felt naked. I didn't have my headphones. I didn't have a microphone in front of me. I felt exposed. I don't know if that affects the conversation, but I'll tell you this. It's a good one. It's a goddamn good one. Please enjoy this conversation with Nuria Grimm. in Spain so you're probably a little bit more progressive and hip than us shitty Americans and let's let's not lie we're shitty <laughs> no you're fine I, I I love you Americans I've never actually my first time in America I came to Los Angeles um like three months ago I and saw. You were, yeah I I wanted to stay you guys were so nice <laughs> I wish I would have known I would have loved to I looked at your photos on your Instagram, and I, I felt, I felt like I would have. I, did you know anyone here? Some people, yeah. It was, it was good. Yeah, I, I hung, I hung up with some people, and well, I didn't have a lot of time, and I was with company, but, but yeah, it was, it was fine. I got to meet some musicians, and yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> well, because you were so in good. Hollywood, which can be a very very strange place. Oh, it was so weird. It quite shitty, to be honest. <laughs> I like, feel bad for the tourists who go to Hollywood Boulevard thinking they're going to see Brad Pitt or something, and it's like you'll see a guy throw up. You'll see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, it was. Uh, it was a weird feeling because we've seen it in all of the films. So, yeah, they made me go there because I was doing like a. They w wanted to take some pictures of me and whatever. I went there in the afternoon uh, while I was at the festival. There was a Primavera Sound Festival at the time and I was there and I went to do those things and we were walking around and it, it was nice, but it was weird because in the in the movies you see some things and then you go there and it's not actually the same. It's it's a bit more trashy than in the movies. <laughs> no offense. I mean, I loved it. I think it's even better like this, but... But no, no offense taken. I I've lived here for a long time, and it's you know there's pockets that are cool and interesting, but it's um, Hollywood's really tr trashy. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I like trashy places. Like uh, uh, I live in Catalonia, and it reminded me of you know I don't know if you've ever been to Barcelona, but you know La Ramblas, it's a the, mo the most touristic place in Barcelona I used to live there and it was like absolutely it was full of tourists people puking on the floor just as you said it was the same feeling you know the same kind of stores the sangria very expensive sangria and paellas everybody but yeah I, I feel like there's a special energy in those places too <laughs> yeah did you get to see any of the old holly like any old like uh Musso Franks or any, like the old restaurants or anything like that or was it just the shitty Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, just a shitty part. <laughs> no, I played in a I played in a venue. Or dope. Was, yeah, I played there and that was a nice place. But yeah, I didn't have a lot of time. When you're traveling and you only have have two nights in a city, well, you you got you get like a very fast image of what it is. So I'm looking forward to be back and stay for a few days. <laughs> do you want to, would you, do you have like fantasies of living in Los Angeles at all? Well, I'd love to, because if, a lot of things are happening there, which I would love to, you know, if you're in the place, you see what's happening and I see it from the distance. Um, but I, to be honest, I live very well here in, in Catalonia. It's a nice place to live. So I can come on for a visit. It's not that far away. It's just one day traveling. <laughs> I have a nice life. Uh, it's uh, very calm. I live in a very little town. It's okay. <laughs> I would stay with the nice life. There's too much, too much bullshit here to be quiet. And I, I don't know. I'm leaving Los Angeles, and I can't, I can't get out of here fast enough. To be quite honest. We can exchange uh, homes if you want. You can come live in Catalonia. <laughs> oh, I would love to get out of America. <laughs>
you know, we're witnessing its collapse. So that's... <laughs> yeah, I'm coming to see it. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> Good. I, I I was found it interesting that you. I know you have Irish roots, heritage, family, and that you went. I I just on a personal level, I find it very fascinating because I believe. You know, like you went there and you felt like you belonged, even though you'd never been. And I find that very fascinating because I've that you did say that, didn't you? <laughs> uh, where uh, in Ireland? In, in Ireland, yeah. Well, I've been I've been many times here yeah, to visit my family. How old were you when you? Because I've I I got the impression from the thing I was reading that you, like the first time you went there, you felt like there was a home. To, and like that you belonged or you understood who you were a little bit more by visiting it. Is that like totally wrong here? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You're not totally wrong. Like I've been there since I was a kid for a visit, but I've never lived there. But like maybe like six or seven years ago, I started to go there on my own without my family, but without my parents. And I went for a visit in Connemara, which is the it's a, a region in the west of Ireland. And this is the place where I said that I feel like home. And it, it's this weird feeling that you're not from there, but also like your soul feels at home in a way. <laughs> I get that because like I've never been, but my family is from Ireland or my heritage. And I look at it and I feel like I don't think I'm crazy. Like I feel like a longing to be there. And it's weird. Mm, yeah, actually, I have a question for you. Which part from Ireland is your family? County Mayo. Oh, okay. Because you know my my grandmother's maiden name is Dwyer, <laughs> and I was like, what? "Oh, you were family." <laughs> that would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you? Where are they from? Did They're you... from Dublin. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think they ended up in Dublin. My ancestors stole a chicken or a pig and sold it to so they could buy the ticket to move here <laughs> good job <laughs> congratulations to them well done and, yeah and then they were involved in crime ever since so <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i think my family was involved in crime too <laughs> supposedly the dwyers were part of the started the ira from what i understand or were like in, intrinsically involved in the beginnings of it well, we'll uh, maybe we're family. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a possibility. <laughs> how did how did your Irish family did your Irish family end up in Spain? No, only my dad because uh, well he fell in love with my mother, and he ended up here. Um, and I thank him for that because I love Ireland, but it's a good place to live here. So, yeah, my mother dragged him to Catalonia. <laughs> That's very romantic. Yeah, quite. <laughs> <laughs> Is your I read that your father plays guitar like he plays guitar was that an influence in you getting to, into music him having guitars around? Yeah, for sure. Like my interest in music I don't even know when it started because I can't even remember. Like when I was a kid we listened to a lot of music at at home. And my dad had a guitar and he played like, I don't know, he's not like a professional musician or anything like that. Like he worked as a mechanic uh, his whole life. And, but yeah, he, he always played the acoustic guitar. And I, when I started having an interest in music, I decided I wanted to play the guitar because it was the thing that was on the sofa. And I felt like I had the need to learn how to play the instrument, but but yeah, like it was a big influence to me. <laughs> Did was uh, I'm trying because I I read that you you felt like you wanted to ha you had something you wanted to say. I think I quoted that correctly or sort of correctly. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that the impulse to pick up the guitar to find the means to figure out what you wanted to say? Probably, like I wasn't conscious at the time, but. But yeah, I don't know, like it felt like it was such a, because I saw like my father used the guitar as a way to, I don't know, to get away from things, I suppose. And I, this is when my, I, when I saw this, my interest in music, I guess that it, there was a spark and I was like, oh, I could do this too. And, and this is how it started. And then they, 
they got me to a music school since I was six years old, I think. Wow. So I consider myself very lucky because I was an only child, so they could afford this. And and that was very nice because I could have like an education in music and stuff. Yeah. Did you... Did you enjoy the studying part or were you more interested in getting that thing out out of you, whatever the wanting to say something? Because I'm, I'm fascinated by that statement. <laughs> well, I was interested in studying at some stage, I think. But as I got older, because I was doing like a classical guitar and it was very interesting and I and I liked it, but I didn't study a lot because I consider myself a very lazy person sometimes, but not lazy with everything, just lazy with some stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and yeah, when I was about like 12 or 13, I started having like very bad grades in music, but I, it was the time that I was playing the most at home, but I was not studying the thing that I was supposed to. Um, but this is when I started making songs. So I discovered that I liked music because I used it to create things. Even when I was even younger, I I did recordings with me. I, I don't know, just doing rhythms on the table or whatever, you know. But the the thing that that had me interest, uh, interested in the music was to create things more than just studying. I like studying because then I could use all the things that I learned. But, but yeah, I like the mixture of both, I guess. I feel like that, like when you said the grades went down, but you that was when you were playing the most. I feel like, in my humble opinion, that's sort of what an artist does because you learn the thing and then you sort of move on. <laughs> And it's more about creating opposed to the technical stuff, which is more important, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. And some of my favorite musicians, they don't have a clue of in music theory or, or whatever. Or I think that the nicest thing that I've learned is that you can have all the you can learn everything. But then you have to uh, I don't know how to say it in English. Unlearn. Yeah. Unlearn it. You have to unlearn it in a way. It Once it becomes natural, then you're not thinking, oh, I'm using those chords to do this stuff. It I don't know. You you feel like you can notice it when a musician is, try, is trying um, to use things because they just learned it and they have to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and, once the time passes, it's like okay, it's it's in your body, it's natural, and you're not you're not thinking about the the theory or the I don't know. It's I I was so bad at the music theory and stuff because I was interested in it, but then I was like, I don't want to I don't want to know more about it. You know, I'm just gonna use <laughs> what I have. <laughs> is it is it more important for you to feel and sort of go on? It's hard to explain unless you're creative. I think if you're not a creative person, you probably don't understand that like that thing where it's like a Zen moment where shit just flies out of your head. <laughs> he yeah. said in an art, inarticulate way. <laughs> I think this is the most important thing because, and I think I, I, I believe that people who don't create also can feel this because I think it's more than a, a creative or, or, or a music thing or whatever you do in art or whatever you create. I think it's more like a, it's more like a spiritual thing, I would say, without getting too too spiritual now. But I do feel, like, <laughs> um, but, but but yeah, like when you're doing something. Well, sometimes there's express, an expression in Spanish that it means like a saint falls from the from the sky to your head. But I don't know how to translate it. Uh, but it's like a um, this feeling when you feel like you're just the messenger, the the messenger. And when you're creating, this is the most important thing that you have to be aware when the moment is is there. You know, I work a lot and I write a lot of songs, but when this happens, it's not every day for sure. And you have to be very like vigilant, like okay, this moment is coming now, and you're like oh, and the song comes out. And and I think this is a this is a thing that you can experience creating something, or sometimes you have a revelation looking. I don't know, you're on the train and you're looking on the window and you have like a, I don't know, uh, a weird feeling. And I feel like everybody can feel this, <laughs> but it's hard to explain. I feel with my shitty English now, I'm having a, a struggle. To, to oh, <laughs> well, I'm from here and I I have shitty English, so we, we're compatible. I'm poorly educated. 
<laughs> it's interesting because you say even people who aren't creative feel it. And I feel like, and maybe I'm nuts, which is a common theory around my home, but that I feel like we all are striving to find that moment in one way or another. Like when people go out to a nightclub and they dance, they feel like that freedom. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where I was going. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I feel this feeling is like maybe connecting with yourself or connecting with the most pure part of yourself that sometimes you forget about it and you go on with your life, you do the things that you're supposed to do, but you forget about the most important thing. And and when you connect with this part of yourself, you also connect with the others. And you can... And it's, I feel like this is a creative thing to do, even if you're not a creative, like just to, um, to it's a, like a listening thing, I would say, you know, like uh, I feel like most of, uh, I have a lot of friends who are not musicians or maybe they're not creatives, but the way they listen to music is in a creative way. You know, there's people who, who listen in a, in a very pure way. I don't know if I'm explaining myself well. Yeah, well. I agree. <laughs> I also think that people are innately creative and then they abandon it for whatever reason. And it's not easy to make that decision. I mean, was it, did you make the conscious decision? I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be a creative person. Or did you follow something? Well, it it comes out for me, it's coming out naturally for now. I don't know, maybe in 20 years, I'm going to be making an effort, but I was talking about this today because you do have to make a kind of effort to keep yourself connected to your inner child or whatever, because sometimes when the fresh ideas come is when there's this part of risk or where you don't have things under control. And maybe when you're an adult, you feel like you have to have things under control. But in that sense, I'm a shitty adult. So I'm very comfortable um, with this because (laughs) it's not difficult for me to connect with the inner child because (laughs) it's still there. But, but yeah, but uh, I don't remember what the question was, but (laughs) following it, following the creativity or just making the conscious choice to be creative or if it was something you just followed. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I follow it because I'm not, I'm not a very organized person and, and I don't have very clear ideas of what to do with my life. But with this thing, I it comes out, it, it's even, it's weird for me because it's what I was saying before. It's like you're, you're like a messenger and you're doing your job. <laughs> I'm just doing what I'm told. <laughs> but I don't know who's telling me. <laughs> <laughs> do you, because we've kind of touched on it a couple times where you said like, it's like a spiritual thing. Do you have... Do you have spiritual beliefs or does that, or is music your spiritual belief? How is that? Is that a corny question? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, let's see what I, no, I, I do feel like a, I have like a very strong um, spirituality, but I don't know if this is even the word, but I do have like a big urge to connect with with things and people and myself, but I don't know if this is spirituality. Uh, I don't have any specific beliefs. Because I don't know, I haven't found something, nothing really makes sense. But I think it's it's nice. For me, like, I'm trying to connect a lot with myself and nature for lately. And I feel like this is like a, music is a way to, it's like a, a, a language to understand all of these mysteries in, in nature and ourselves. So, yeah, because I don't have any religion, music does the job. The, because I don't go to church or whatever when I <laughs> when I'm doing a concert it feels maybe it's like a substitute for that I don't know <laughs> do you like when when did you feel that, like as a young person like when did you feel you had something to or that you wanted to say something was there a distinct moment where you felt like because to me <clears throat> I felt the same way as a kid but I didn't know what that meant I just felt something was there almost like a presence within me that needed to get out i don't know if that sounds crazy (laughs) no no it doesn't it doesn't yeah i I don't remember the exact moment because it started when when i was very young as i said and it, it wasn't only with music i felt like 
I don't know, I, I wrote weird stories and I had like, as a child, I had the luck to have a lot of time and I was, I don't know, because I was an only child also, I was creating stuff all the time and writing shitty, I don't know, I even wrote a theory about the universe, which doesn't make any sense when I, when I was eight. And it was like, it's nice to, I, I was always very creative and it was fun for me. So... So yeah, it, it just came this way. For, but it, I don't even know the start. It was a, it's, it was like a physical need to just create some crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it did relate though to that physical need because it feels like. And sometimes I wondered, like, was I trying to just be heard by my family, and it grew into something bigger? Does that? I mean, you were an only kid. I had five four older brothers so i was like this uh abstract vague person off to the side <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i don't i don't know like probably everything influences you i guess like the fact that it, in the family that you grow and the house that you live in when you're very young i'm sure it influences you all the artistic needs or whatever i feel like in my case it was very clear because my parents were, I don't know, they gave me a lot of space to create and they were always very supportive. They've always been. And and this was like a, a very good, I, I was being crazy, I guess, when I was a kid, but they weren't worried about that. They were like, oh, embracing my, my weirdness. <laughs> and, and I consider myself lucky because of that, you know. Did you fit in with other kids your age or were you a little outside no i'm i'm a quite a quite sociable person and i i guess i fit in i think <laughs> maybe i did, maybe I did. Uh, no no i have good memories like i've always had i've always been a very friendly person i have a lot of friends i even i'm still friends with the with my i don't know with my first friends i had when i was one year old so this was uh this was also a way to connect because even if I'm a creative person I don't I don't I don't I don't I'm sorry I don't <laughs> I don't stop socializing because of that or I never feel like I have to I don't know be at home and not connect with other people I don't know my biggest inspirations are my friends and my family and I need people to to get going you know Yeah I'm c curious how old were you when you wrote about the universe? Because that's um, that's a even if you said it didn't make any sense, that's advanced thinking for, or I think that's advanced thinking for a child. You should read it. Maybe then you wouldn't think it's that advanced. <laughs> but I, was, I think I was about nine, or I, I'm not sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna search it and I will send it to you if you want to laugh. But um, but yeah, it was this, and also a lot of. I wrote a lot of, uh, I remember, like, even when I was in class, we, we were doing Spanish class, and I wrote, I wrote, uh, they, they made us write something, I don't even remember what it was, but um, they were comparing the, the things that we wrote, it was like a story, and I, and I called it Toilet Chronicles, and this is when I was 10, I think, and it was about two people in a painting that they were traveling around through the toilets of a place. <laughs> it do, it doesn't make any sense now, but in, in, in the moment that was, I had all the story in my head and the teacher was very mean. And she was like, I don't know, very mean to me. I don't even remember how it went, but um, she didn't understand my story. And, in the last record, Marjorie, uh, there's a song called Toilet Chronicles because, well, it's part of the same feeling, you know. <laughs> I was I was listening to that this morning and I was curious how the song came about. And is it re fully related to that or is it because or or is it is it any connection to that story other than the title or is there other elements to it? There's a title. And I don't know why it came like this, because this song is, it's very funny. This song is, isn't actually mine. Uh, my ex-boyfriend Marcel had a band and he wrote a song um, about when we used to live together in a flat. And I wrote this song as a, as a reply, you know, as a response to, to the, 
to the song. And then the title the title just came, the Toilet Chronicles. But I guess that maybe there was some the, the same Nuria when I was 10 years old, and this Nuria was is always I feel like they're always connected. It's the same person, but you know, different things are happening to your life. Do you keep all the stuff because you've said you you'll send me the do you have all the writings from and songs from when you were young? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I have. I don't throw out stuff. I, I keep it. I'm. I'm a big mess. Um, <laughs> but I keep everything. Everybody's very angry with me because I have a lot of shit everywhere. But no, I couldn't throw out any of this because I. I sometimes when I try to tidy. Well, this is in my parents' house. But when I go there and I try to tidy all my shit. I can I finally don't do anything because I just end up just watching uh, stuff that I did, you know. <laughs> but you, it's a nice feeling. Do you see the progress you've had as like a person and or as an artist from looking at that stuff? Do you like or or what do you get lost in when you are looking at that stuff from your childhood? I find it quite funny because I don't think I've changed that much, um, and I don't I don't. Of course, I have changed because uh, you learn from your experiences in your life, but I never want to have the feeling of, okay, that's it, this is me, and now I know myself. And the fact that the Nuria, when I, the, the younger Nuria, didn't know anything about herself and was always searching, I think that I feel a lot the same now. I don't feel like I know myself or that, okay, this is me. I feel like I'm just walking all the time, to a direction. I don't even know what that is, but I don't feel like I've changed that much. I just feel like, okay, this is the same Nuria, but some shit has happened. Uh, and yeah, it's the same me. <laughs> I don't, my grandfather always said like, people never change. I don't, I don't think that I think that you can change, of course, but, but yeah, I feel very connected to the Nuria I was before. And yeah, I'm all right with it. Like, I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah. I think most people don't change. I think you, you have to really... I'm just speaking for myself because I was a fucking disaster most of my life. And then I, I went, hey, maybe don't be a disaster. <laughs> if you want to keep alive, maybe clean up a little. <laughs> that makes it sound like I was a raging drug addict, but I I wasn't. I drank a lot, though. I won't lie to you. Drank a lot. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Yeah, well, I feel like I feel connected to this because um, I, I think that now I'm I'm tidying my life a little bit. But when I was when I started uh, working in the music business and everything and I was 20, early 20s and stuff, I felt like I don't know. I had like the this this need, you know. I also drank uh, uh, quite a lot. Like maybe it's I don't know, it's in my genes or something. But <laughs> but yeah, like I I am. Um, it's the same Nuria also. I think it's just that you're in different parts. You learn a lot. You learn a lot from the different parts of your life. And maybe now I see it like oh, I was a disaster at the time. But I also learned a lot of the things, and I wouldn't be uh, who I am because. Well, it's it's a process, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's those who don't learn from it. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like some people don't learn, and it's like astounding. But it's like, well, like me, I was like, I keep dating insane people. I'm like, maybe I'm insane. <laughs> maybe it's not them; it's me. Yeah, that's a good exercise to do because, it, well, this is the way to change. If you don't look inside, then you're just gonna keep making the the same mistakes, I guess. But, but yeah, <laughs> I was curious because you said that when you were young and you were writing songs and music, and you would play percussion on tables or whatever. And then I also read that in in the song "The Catalyst," you used cookie boxes, cookie yeah, boxes as yeah. percussion. I just thought that it was interesting because it's like you still have that, to me, that says you still have that, you're keeping that innocent, pure, childlike quality in your process. 
Yeah, totally. I, and it's I, when I was actually at the at the precise moment I was recording the this, I I thought about the the moment I was doing this when I was young. And with, with this record, because it kind of feels like a like a first record to me now, because it, for me it's like a like a beginning of a new cycle. But because I'm, I'm happy and I didn't want to change because I was angry with the past or anything because I like my past records. But I began feeling like I was a bit disconnected when I was doing a lot of shows around and I was doing shows because it was my job. And sometimes I was playing a concert and I was thinking about what I had to buy at the supermarket later. <laughs> and when you feel like this, you're like, okay, this is not what I'm, this is, this is like, a, this is not what I'm doing, you know, and I needed to stop. And yeah, I've been home alone a lot and the fact that I decided to produce it myself, which I never had the balls to do it, was the biggest decision because I felt like I didn't have the confidence. But once I made the decision, everything was just like a big game for me. Like, oh, I can do this. Who gives a shit? Nobody's here to tell me this is a crazy idea, you know. And and this is when I reconnected with this inner child I was telling you about. Like, I'm here on my own and I can do my crazy stories and who gives a shit, you know? <laughs> Did you want to have producers before with the other albums? Or were you, I don't know, because sometimes labels are like, work with this guy. Oh, no. My late, uh, I've always been very lucky with this because nobody has forced me to do anything. I've had like a very natural career because I started young, but I've never like... I didn't want to make it or to be very big. So I've always done what I wanted, which it's, it's very comfortable. And I've always uh, co-produced with uh, my, my friends or musicians. And I, so it's always been like a comfortable process because I, I was in the process, you know, I've never felt like I, I was not there, but, but yeah, you always had like another opinion, uh, which I needed at the time, because when you start very young, you don't know a lot of things and you have ideas, but sometimes you have, I don't know, you need some help. You never do things alone. Uh, but in this case, I felt like I had like a big necessity. I, I just needed to to make decisions because it's so hard and it's so uncomfortable sometimes because like I feel I've I felt so lonely <laughs> at some point. Like well, so alone, what am I doing? But then you learn a lot of things also about yourself because well you're making all of the decisions. <laughs> Wouldn't was it intimidating to go into that for the first time, being like, okay, all the would you say all the decisions end up being on your shoulders? It was because I've um, even sometimes I think I have very clear ideas, but then I don't, I don't know. I think it's a confidence thing because when I listen to the things I recorded in my computer many years ago, I like the demos better than the, some of the songs that have been put out, you know, in the record. And I'm like, why didn't I believe in this? I didn't have the balls or I didn't fight for the idea, you know? And yeah, sometimes it's difficult because you have this feeling of loneliness or what is going to happen. Maybe I'm being crazy here, but, but yeah, I don't know, like following your instinct, uh, instinct can bring you to interesting places. It doesn't have to be better or worse. I don't think that making music is this, but you learn in the process. And in this case, the process was okay. Pff, uh, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and it's not anything against, because I love your other albums but i do i don't know how to articulate it but there is something very different about this album and more i don't it speaks to me emotionally i guess and i i don't know can you is there a way how do you feel it's different like it i feel it's different because there's a um, uh, how how do I say it? There there are uh, there's a song that is like seven years old or even eight years old. Disaster in Napoli is a song that is quite old, and there are other ideas that are quite old also. So I feel like this this album feels it's it's me completely. There's no other. It's like okay, this is if you want to know what Nuria is, this is Nuria. <laughs> this is how it sounds today, and and. The the Nuria's, you know, when I was telling you about the, when I listened to the demos, I liked them better than the songs in the record. Now I don't have this feeling because Disaster in Napoli is a song that uh, 
was in my computer sitting there for years. And now it was like, now it's the time. Now it's the time to just let my, all of the Nurias in all of the years, just to let them be themselves. So I, when I listen to this album, it's like, oh, now it's, it's not even the present Nuria. It's all of them. <laughs> this is That's the feeling fine. I have. <laughs> it's, um, I don't, it's interesting because I always tend to like demos I never liked the popular, like, and I don't mean this in a pretentious, like, I like the cool stuff, but I always like B-sides. Like, I've always, even as a kid, I've always been attracted to, like, B-sides and the stuff no one else listened to. And I always find demos more interesting as well, because I feel like that is, you're just, that's the raw version of it. You're getting it out, or they are getting it out. I don't have any demos. So. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, they definitely have like a special energy, right? Because it's more pure sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like with a lot of my favorite artists, or, or not that stuff, a lot of artists I like, I tend to like their early stuff, and that sounds like hipster bullshit. <laughs> but, but I think because it's, sometimes as bands progress, they get too produced and too spend too much money, and it doesn't sound, it lacks that gut feeling to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it depends on what kind of music are you trying to do. But in my case, it was quite clear that I don't know. Like, as I said, I don't want to make it in the industry or I don't want to be big. That would be very stressful for me. So if I want to keep just making records, I guess that you just have to do whatever that comes out. And that doesn't mean I don't want to work with producers because you learn a lot also with working with people who have a lot of experience or or a lot of ideas but yeah following this kind of instinct and it's even a bit sketchy i feel like this record because when i was showing it to my sound engineer um he was like oh these these songs are very cool but you should you know make a structure and i was like no this is this it's only one minute long but who gives a shit and i feel like this sketchy energy that it has represents me a lot it's very sincere because i'm not like I don't know, this is who I am now, you know? And and yeah, I don't know. If I worked with a producer, it would have been super, completely different for sure, you know? <laughs> I love it very much. And I love when somebody does a song that's a minute long or something. Like, it's just some... I, there's a... I just heard... I wish I could remember who it was, but I just heard a song the other day and it was literally a minute and 12 seconds. And when it ended, I was like, I want more. But then that's what's perfect about it is I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll just listen to it. <laughs> and then you get like yeah. crazy obsessive about it. It's a good strategy, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the, this, I, I don't usually be ask people to speak directly about songs, but the beginning of things, I don't know, it really hit me. And, and I, and maybe that's because I like the beginning of things, <laughs> but it was just like maybe. something I related to me personally. And I was wondering how that relates to you. And like, yeah, this song, I'm very curious about this song because I don't know how I'm, I've, I don't remember the exact moment I made it. I feel like it's not even mine in a, in a, in a way it came out like very fast it was like Phew, and then uh, i wrote it. it it's one of the oldest in the record because well disaster in napoli is seven years old but this one is i i think it's even three years old now so it was like maybe this song opened uh opened up the road that i was uh beginning you know um but it, it, even the message of the song, I'm still I'm still curious about it because I'm not I don't know if I only like the beginnings of things. I really hope I don't because it's like a it's a very catastrophic thing to say um, sometimes because it's like okay I only like the the start of it and then I get tired of it. I I don't think I was trying to say this, <laughs> or maybe I used to be like this, but I'm trying to change. Maybe maybe this is something maybe this is what it talks about i'm not i'm not sure but i feel like uh yeah i like this song very much because i don't feel like it's mine <laughs> i love what i love about what you said is that you're still curious about it like there's that you're you created this song and yet you're still cre curious to what it means and i i you know it's fascinating because also the way you sing it and perform it may change with your curiosity and how you approach it 
which makes me want you to re-record it <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I, I have this. Yeah, this is very important because once I, I make a song, I, I, I can record it and whatever. But now that we are playing these songs live, there's there's never a day that we do it the same way and or even myself when i sing i always try to do uh, i don't even do it consciously but i always do it in a different way and when i'm singing i'm just you know you put yourself in that mental place where okay well this is a song but you're it's like you're making the song again once when when you're singing it you know it's like you're creating it all over again and every time you sing it you discover new things about the songs because um during these last months that we've been playing these songs and they haven't come out yet, you know, but it's been a great way to get acquainted with the songs because a lot of the things that I wrote, I didn't, I wasn't really conscious about what it was about. And now I'm discovering things about the the song and, and the messages and everything. And it's, it's a, it's a weird job. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> Do you think like when when you're performing these new songs now do you do you think like oh uh, per, perhaps I could have approached this differently or uh, does that ever enter your head like oh I wish I could re-record it and because you've discovered something new with it um I I have discovered a lot of new things but I don't have the feeling like oh I should have done this differently because I'm I'm just like, well, this is what I had in my head at the time. I have to respect this, you know. But uh, but I do have the feeling that, of course, now if I recorded them, it would be a lot different, especially because now I'm, like, using other instruments. And and it's all, yeah, it's all like a big discovery because when I was recording, I had this idea of uh, woodwinds in the, for example, there, there's a lot of bassoon in the, in the songs. And now I'm touring with a clarinet player, a bass clarinet. And the bass clarinet now is like the biggest discovery I've made. It's like, this sound is amazing. I need to record those songs with the bass clarinet. So <laughs> yeah, I do feel like I have to record them again, but not because I don't like the, the recordings. It's just like, oh, I'm discovering just the, a lot of new textures and and yeah this is what it's all about you know like discovering new sounds <laughs> yeah i used to it's funny when i was young and you'd buy an album and you'd see a, a band or an artist cover their own song or do a different version of it i was always confused by it because i was like well you already did this why are you doing this again and i felt cheated <laughs> but then as i grew older and understood the, i was like oh it's a different, like the meaning to the song has changed to them. So they're doing it differently. And I don't know where the fuck I was going with this, <laughs> but it's like, I think it's like a maturity thing of like, even what you create can change and be, mean something different to you. So you want to represent it. And it is a new song. Yeah. 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 Totally. Like, I don't know, even if you don't record it again, the song rose and it has its own life. It, and maybe the life is 10 years. I don't know. You never know, but it's always growing or changing. So maybe you could you could spend your whole life trying to record again all of the songs you've made and they would all sound different. You, you would never do it the same. <laughs> Sinatra, some, I read recently Sinatra did like the way he sang songs at the end of his life was drastically different than the way like he did my way when he recorded it because then by the end of his life, he was like, my way wasn't always the best, <laughs> but that's like fascinating to me that he reinterprets yeah. it. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Th this is the magic in the songs, you know, that they, they are the ones explaining it. And you, you're just like, you know, the messenger in, in this moment and you're, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but this is a magical way because when I sing songs that I wrote five years ago, I also sing it in a very different disposition in my mind. I'm like, oh, maybe what I was saying now I understand it completely or the opposite, or I can see myself in, in a bad place at the moment and I didn't know, you know, and after a few years you discover it. And then I had the song actually called The Stable, which uh, it, this is in the last record. And when I wrote it, I thought that it was a very romantic song. And then after a few, I don't know, after a few years, I listened to it and I see a very confused girl there. <laughs> and this wasn't, this wasn't romantic, really, you know? I'm laughing because I, I told I think you, this song. 
yeah, when I sing this song, I think it like in a very different feeling, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think of the person I was in my early 20s. And I literally, the other day, I thought of something I did 30 years ago and I cringed in front of my refrigerator. I was like, oh, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, this happens even before when you're going to sleep and I'm like, why the hell did I do that? You know, well, I'm talking as if I was very old, like I'm still 26, but... I do feel like I'm not the same person as I was when I was in my early 20s. I, a lot of things changes when when you're that age, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for a man, you when you're 21, I think your brain is technically still developing. So that's why men are stupid. Our brains develop late. Yeah. <laughs> that's why women are smarter. It's not... It's science. <laughs> science, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you you mentioned like that you. I, I'm paraphrasing, but like you, you're reluctant to fame. You don't really want to be famous. Do you? Do you? But then, don't you also think like it very well could happen? Like, what if this album takes off and is crazy, and you become like this super sonic superstar? Does that ever enter into your head of like, holy fuck, how would I handle that? Well, not really, because I w it's not my intention and it will never be. Uh, of course, I, w I, I want to. I want to keep making music and of course I want to make it in the sense for me, making it is like being able to. I don't know, for me, traveling around and playing my music and being able to release records is for me, it's like a. a I feel like I'm happy with this, but if I had, I don't think that my music is made for for the masses, of course. So I don't. Have, I'm not very worried about that. But yeah, I wouldn't handle it well. I think because I'm just, I'm a very, I don't know. I I don't. I I used to work in a band a few years ago. I played the guitar for a girl uh, in Spain uh, whose name was Amaya, and she's very famous here because she was in a TV program and everybody knew her. And when we were going around the streets, everybody stopped her to take a picture. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is very stressful. This is like, this is a separate job of, uh, uh, of being a musician. One thing is dedicating your life to music and the other one is like being a public figure and and this just takes a lot of time and I want to use my time to I don't know to do stuff <laughs> I would lose my mind I wouldn't and I think that's why we see famous people lose their minds because it's like it's not a natural state to be in no, and people are mean, and I prefer not to know this. You know, I mean, I already know, but I don't want to live it this way. You know, and and the press, and I don't know. I feel sorry for a lot of people because it it must be very. I don't know. I guess you also have a lot of money, but I, I don't. I because I don't come from a. I come from a very working class family, and I've always been very happy because I don't need a lot of things. So I don't have in my mind like, oh, I need to buy a big house with a an enormous piano. I'm like, I feel quite comfortable with what I have. <laughs> so I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be famous and be depressed for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, I feel from the people I interview often that that sort of is where a lot of people are that no one like a lot of the artists i speak with aren't like the goal of like madonna fame is seems i don't know i feel like maybe we've as culture we've wised up to this shit <laughs> and materialism i hope i hope that's not being naive on my part yeah yeah probably I don't know, but I guess we still like. For example, uh, I I mention it a lot because I'm a big fan of Rosalia, which she is Catalan too, and I'm a big fan. And I worry about how how difficult it must be, you know, to to keep on. She she does the super interesting music. She's a great she she's a hard worker. She makes amazing shows, but also she's like a very famous person, you know. And you cannot walk to the in the streets without being harassed by the people. And I'm <laughs> and this must be very difficult. And I feel like the people who do this are very strong. And I yeah I'm, I admire them a lot. But I, I I wouldn't be able to have this life for sure. <laughs> My daughter, my seven-year-old daughter wants me to let you know that she loves your music. Oh! 
That's so nice. I said it twice, so, so I have to make sure. To, she, yeah, I've played it for her a couple. I mean, there's always music on in my home, but she and she's heard most of my guests, and she's probably commented on three. So, <laughs> oh, thank you. I uh, th- I'm gonna go to sleep very happy today. <laughs> um, so. I and she'll probably ask me when she gets home if I said something. So I had to I had to say something. Um, oh, something for uh, from me. <laughs> I'm curious, and I don't. I was winding up, but I was like, were there influences to that, or people you were listening to while you recorded that album? Do you do that? Listen to other artists, or like, or do you shut yourself off? It's 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 impossible for me to shut shut myself off, but. I never like some people when they start doing a record, they have like a list of influences and and like they want to well, they have clear ideas about how they want to sound like. I didn't have this, but, but there there are some people who have influenced me a lot. Um like for example, like Blake Mills is like a, the biggest uh influence I would say in the last two years. Because like what he did, like in his past two albums, the one with, with uh, Pino Paladino and the the last one, Mutable Set. I remember perfectly the day when I discovered this album, and I I was with my headphones on, and I was coming back with my parents from the beach, and I I was half asleep, half awake, and there was and it was like a weird feeling. It was like this dimension, uh, because not even the sound or the songs them, themselves, but the dimension where the sound was and the I don't know, it made me go someplace. And I was like, whatever this place is, I'm going there. <laughs> and this was the feeling, you know. And this has been a, a great influence to me because this song called Just Wrong that they did with Pino Paladino, I remember that when it came out, it was like, oh, that's it. This is, this is, I don't know. It was a weird feeling. It, it, it was like uh, finding an old friend <laughs> listening to the song. It, weird feeling. And this has been like probably the biggest influence in the process of recording the album. It was like, I'm going this place. I don't even know if I want to sound like it or, but this is a place I want to go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, Cause I, I, th- I, it made me a little bit and not remote. I think the instrument choices kind of reminded me a little bit of like John Bryan choices, but I don't know if that, but that's random. Oh, John Bryan. No. Is, yeah. I'm a big fan. <laughs> he, but also like I listened to, Nilsson Schmilson by Harry Nilsson, which was not mm-hmm. easy to say. And I hear his influence on John Bryan. It's like kind of incredible. I don't know if you've listened to that album at all. No, I haven't actually. No, I have to. <laughs> Harry Nilsson. Do you know Harry Nilsson? You pro- if you yeah, don't... I do, but I haven't listened to to the album or yet. Oh yeah, it's like the first time I like because I've always listened to it in chunks, and then I bought the record. And when I listened to the record, I was like, oh, my God, this is what John Bryan must have listened to as a kid. (laughs) But John Bryan is a special kind of genius as well. Yeah, it's been an influence. But when the record was made, because I knew who he was, but I never did the exercise of, you know, sitting down and listening to his music. And once the record was made, my guitar player and bass player, Jordi, he was sending me like this. Well, what he did with Amy Mann in Magnolia, this song called Magnolia, he did. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, well, I don't know, like some influences are coming back, are coming later. Like now I listen to the to the records and I see things that I haven't listened to when I was making it. You know, it's a, it's a weird feeling. But also like people like Scott Walker and all of those, even like I used to listen to a lot of Tom Waits when I was doing the Disaster in Napoli song. So I can I can see the influences, but they don't sound like it. But no. I see I see like knowing myself, I can know that oh maybe I was listening to that stuff at the time. But it's hard to know <laughs> what 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 are the influences. Yeah, I that's always fascinates me that it influences and even uh, yeah, I forget somebody I was listening to, and they're like, "Yeah, I was listening to a lot of metal, and the album wasn't anything remotely near metal." <laughs> it was fascinating to me how just how they trickle in in their various forms. But um, I will, I won't, I won't keep you any longer. I want to thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. Put on-